what it mean to me. Capital, go and make that history. I got a couple scholars to the left of me. Welcome to GWSB Proud, a podcast all about why are you proud of GWSB. My name is Liesl Riddle, and I am the Associate Dean for Graduate Programs here at George Washington University School of Business. And I have the great pleasure of sitting down with GW alumni, faculty, staff, and students to hear why they are GWSB Proud. Welcome to the podcast today. Here on GWSB Proud, I am so fortunate to be joined here in the podcast studio with Dr. Megan Lawrence, who is our Senior Accessibility Evangelist at Microsoft. Welcome, Megan. So good to see you today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Well, Megan, I love the title, Senior Accessibility Evangelist. You're here to evangelize uh, for me, um, but take us back. I mean, did you, when you were a little girl, did you decide I'm gonna be a, an accessibility evangelist? Did you always know this is what you wanted to do? What's the backstory? Uh, I have to admit that um, I had no idea what an evangelist was even when I applied for the role. Um, so no, I did not grow up thinking I was gonna be an evangelist. No, not, not at all. Um, I, in fact, you know, I was one of those children that grew up in the mountains, in the woods. We were very close to um, Giant Sequoia National Forest. And so I always wanted to be a geographer. Um, and so I actually have a PhD in geography from the University of Oregon, um, where I was really focused on blind and low vision navigation and geospatial tool development and how we were going to create great um, uh, spatial inclusion technology for people who were blind or low vision. I see, I see. So how did you get from geography to Microsoft? I know, it seems like uh, a large leap, but in reality, I was uh, a research scientist in, in San Francisco and uh, was focusing on working with people with disabilities. And we would build these pilots and do this research. And folks would say, Megan, you know, I, I love the creative thinking, but can't you just make the technology that I use every day more accessible? Um, and so I realized there was a huge opportunity um, to make that giant leap from academia to um, the technology world uh, so that we could begin to really think about the way that we provide access for the one in five people that have a disability. Well, what is it about Microsoft that you enjoy about working on, on this team? So I joined um, Jenny Leigh Fleury, who is our chief accessibility officer about five years ago when we really you know, hit refresh and we were rebooting our accessibility program and, and bringing together the disability inclusion and the people with disabilities at Microsoft together with our uh, engineering excellence. And you'll laugh at this, but we were literally talking last night. She said, you know, when I hired you as an evangelist, it was a grand experiment. She goes, I didn't really know what we were going to do. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, it's been, it's been hard. It's been fun. I mean, we literally were building this plane, you know, while we were, we were flying it in some senses. But now as I look at my role, I think uh, myself as an evangelist, I'm almost like a futurist, which is, you know, always looking at what's coming next. How do we plant the seeds that we need now to make sure that we've got the innovation that we need for, you know, tomorrow. 
Um, and so given the pandemic and the rise that we're beginning to see uh, with people with mental health conditions, in fact, my role is changing a little bit and continuing to follow those trends and focus very specifically on technology and people with mental health disabilities. Well, that brings me, I think, to an important question about what role business schools should be playing in, in all of this, which is one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you here as my guest so that we can, and can learn from you. As you know, the School of Business at George Washington University is very committed to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And when we think about and frame up our ideas around that, people with disabilities is, is definitely a part of that. It's just another one of those intersectionality kinds of identities that's, that we need to be thinking about as a business school. So in your mind, Megan, what kinds of things do business schools need to be doing um, in this area above and beyond obviously meeting the requirements uh, of ADA and you know, accommodating? Yeah, you know, I think the real golden opportunity is around instruction. Um, you know, uh, there are over a billion people in the world uh, with disabilities. And, you know, the good news is if you don't have a disability yet, don't worry, you will. Um, because all of us will experience, uh, you know, a disability on a permanent, temporary or uh, situational basis. And so it's really about teaching students the skills about how do you build an accessibility program? How do you create those processes uh, to make sure that you're meeting the needs not only of employees in your you know, company, but really the customers? Um, so I think we've often thought that accessibility was a technical discipline, right? This is something we would teach in computer science or engineering, how you make the tool. Um, but I think that really our next generation of business leaders, which are right now in your courses, they're going to set the mission, the vision, the values uh, for, uh, for, our, for our companies in the future. And, and we want to see accessibility and disability inclusion at the heart of that. So if you were going to speak to one of those managers of today and tomorrow right now, what kinds of things would you want to encourage them to think about or research or pay attention to? Yeah, so the data is clear on this one. Uh, Accenture put out some research that shows companies that hire people with disabilities make 28% higher revenue on average, right? I mean, this is an important business decision to make. Um, and so, you know, the way that I see our business leader as, of the future is creating not only the culture of inclusion in which people are going to thrive, which is absolutely critical because you want to hire, retain, and promote that great disability talent, um, but technology companies like Microsoft really provide uh, the technology that's the backbone um, that helps modern organizations achieve those goals. So... I'm going to take that sort of another step further. I mean, as I mentioned, the school is really thinking very carefully about how to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion. By business schools doing that and focusing on those with disabilities as a part of that entire framing and equation, how does that help Microsoft achieve its goals? Well, I'll be very clear. We have a robust inclusive hiring program and we are looking for great disability talent. Um, and part of what we see is that, that there is um, a lack of uh, talent in the pipeline today. Um, and so, you know, we are so 
encouraged to be partnering with universities such as yourself um, to really think about how we provide great accessible education that then translates in, into jobs you know, in the modern world. But, you know, I, when I was getting ready for this podcast, I, I went back to some research um, that Microsoft had done about Generation Z, uh, which are your students in the classroom today and, and younger. And what we found were two really top topics. One of them, uh, students were saying, look, it's mindset, not skill set. I might not have the exact degree that you think you're looking for, but I am skilled and I can learn and I'm flexible. The second piece that we heard is that they expect uh, companies to have mental health programs and that managers are managing emotional relationships on teams. That's very different from the kind of management skills that I think uh, we have traditionally taught or even the way that we thought about what it means um, to create an inclusive company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it, it, it completely changes, I think, the way we have to prepare, imp- you know, people to be future employees, but also the way that we train them to think about being managers as well. You know, you've done so many different things at, uh, at Microsoft. I'm wondering if you could share some anecdotes about some of the things that you're most proud of that you've been able to do there. Oh, my gosh. How long do we have, Lisa? <laughs> I think that, you know, to me, there there's several, you know, components to this, which one is that, um, you know, we recognize that we wanted to run accessibility like any other business, right? Um, we're not doing this just because it's the right thing to do. We're doing this to empower people with disabilities, change societal uh, inclusion, um, build innovative, cool technology um, using inclusive design principles. And so we've come out with the Microsoft evolution model, which really shows what are the things that we're measuring? How are we really thinking about maturity over time? And to me, I think that's been one of the most important pieces of work because we've really evaluated ourselves um, every quarter, we, uh, you know, go ahead and look at ourselves and report that back to our um, SLT members. And so to me, that's critical because it's both the people in the organization and the hiring practices we put into place. It's the technology and making sure that it's accessible. It's procuring and buying technology that is accessible so that we're creating an ecosystem um, so it's, it's multifaceted in, in a kind of classic maturity model form. When you think about the things that you'd like to see um, faculty researching in this area, right? So much of what we actually teach in the classroom comes from the types of research that our faculty are doing. How can our faculty learn from these great successes from Microsoft? How can they add value to business schools and help shape management of the future by researching issues related to inclusion of those with different abilities? Yeah, I mean, I think 
for a long time, there's been this desire. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, but what's the business case for accessibility? We know it's the right thing to do, but where's the number, right? And to be honest with you, Accenture was really the first report that came out that really was able to draw that conclusive and, you know, data-driven uh, research that shows disability inclusion is actually uh, um, important for the bottom line. It's the way you deliver to your uh, your shareholders. And so I think we need more research into, you know, not only how do we teach these topics within business schools, within, you know, our HR departments that I know you have there at GW, but also drawing that connection back and saying, what's the real business value that comes from always purchasing accessible technology that supports larger inclusion? There's a lot of room for growth there. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, and Microsoft too also becomes involved in helping organizations, right? Making sure that they are accessible. Can you talk a little bit about that particular process? We're very fortunate at the School of Business to be partnering with Microsoft on our own assessment of how digitally accessible we are as an organization. We take that very, very seriously, looking forward to going through that assessment process, but can you speak to that you know, more broadly for the audience? Yeah, and this is actually some of my favorite uh, parts of my job is I work very, very closely with our customers. Um, and so oftentimes, you know, in the beginning, it's about really uncovering and discovering the accessibility that's built into our products. Um, oftentimes I hear things like, I didn't know that was there. Immersive reader allows me to change my background color, have information read out loud to me, and nobody else will see that except for me because it's how I customize my document, right? That's just an example. Mm -hmm. So it usually starts with that discovery phase. Um, and then quickly it becomes well, how do we actually build a sustainable program so that accessibility becomes part of our culture? Um, because that's when the magic happens, right? Um, and so just as an example, every year we have a giant hackathon at Microsoft, it's called One Week. Um, and this drives so much amazing innovation when you have the disability community together with our engineers really hacking on what's next, how do we push the boundaries of what's possible? Um, and so, you know, engaging customers in those kinds of activities is just incredibly fun. Wow, that sounds really, really great. When does that take place? It's, it's in the summer months. I, of course, don't know exactly what the date is for this year, um, but we do often partner with customers. So maybe that's a great opportunity for us to think about hack. Well, that, that sounds great. You know, I, I am so grateful that we've been able to have this conversation uh, today, Megan. You know, I have to give a shout out to GWSB uh, alum Mike Richardson, uh, who works at Microsoft and who is our Dean's Corporate Counsel for Microsoft um, and my former, um, who introduced the two of us, because I think it's, it's a great part of, you know, this, this podcast is called GWSB Proud. And we usually end the broadcast with, asking, you know, what are we really proud about um, being part of a GW as a community and the School of Business in particular? And I have to say, this is a really proud moment where a student who, you know, has to come and help the school has made that connection, you know, beyond just meeting with students and advising them, which he, he gives so much of his time to do stuff like that. 
but to move beyond that and to help make the institution even better um, by connecting us with you and experts uh, at Microsoft uh, so that we can do a better job of walking the talk of diversity, equity, uh, and inclusion. And we have a lot to learn. So thank you so much for sharing uh, your expertise uh, with us yeah. today. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I have to say that I'm incredibly proud to be able to partner with you on the topic of accessibility. I mean, this is one of those moments where, uh, you know, through partnership, we really can move the needle. Um, and, you know, we can't do it alone as Microsoft. It is the collection of uh, universities and companies together that are going, you know, to create real change. Um, so I'm equally as proud to be working with you. So thank you for having me. Well, I look forward to the things that we can we can do together and getting other business schools involved, because as you rightly point out, business schools um, should be at the forefront uh, of this movement as we are the institutions that kind of bridge that divide between talents and the, you know, and the employer. And so who better um, to to do that and to take that leadership role. So we're so happy to do that with you. Thanks again, Megan. Oh, thank you. What it mean to me? Capital, go and make that history. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening today. Shout out for music credit to Plantain Poppy, also known as Michael Ferrier, GW class of 2020. See you next time to learn more ways we are GWSB proud. Shaking the nipples when the team come through. Had the hell to the buff, hell to the blue. Shaking the nipples when the team come through, come through. Cheetah, what it mean to me? Capital, go and make that history. I got a couple scholars to the left of me. Buff and blue, so you know they need not that for me.